You're listening to episode 11 of the Intentional Teacher Podcast, how a French teacher went from working 12 hours a day to planning her wedding, coaching at school, and more. So I am super excited because today we have a guest on the podcast, and her name is Stephanie Miller. And Stephanie was a member of Intentional Teaching, but the thing I really love about Stephanie is she is already a mentor teacher in her school. She helps student teachers. She helps other newer teachers in her school, and she has such great ideas that I'm sure will be able to help you and are really, really practical that you can use right away in your teaching to feel more organized to feel more on top of things and to cut down on your workload because Stephanie, while being a very dedicated and um, just really kind teacher, used to work from 7 a.m. at school to 7 p.m. And she knew when she planned her wedding that she wanted more time to spend with her fiance, to plan her wedding, to spend time with her husband, and to have time to coach because that's really important to her. So we talked to about the strategies that she used from intentional teaching to help her do all of that and more. So I am super, super excited to share this episode with you today. So without further ado, let's play that tape. Welcome to the Intentional Teacher Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Monique, and I am super, super excited today because we have a guest, a guest teacher on the podcast today, and her name is Steph Miller. She was a member of Intentional Teaching, and she has such a wealth of experience and um, knowledge that she can share with you. So I'm super excited to have Steph on the podcast today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah. Fun fact. I don't know if I ever told you this, but you had like a little video that was on my Instagram yeah. one day and someone reached out to me and said, oh my gosh, I know Steph. Did I tell you that story? No way. No. <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh my gosh, I know Steph. She's such a fantastic teacher. She was my mentor teacher. I've learned so much from her. Oh, so awesome. <laughs> it was so fun to like, that you were like known in the community. So yeah, thrilled to oh, have you on awesome. today. Actually, I now that you say that, there was somebody who came up to me and said, I saw you on somebody's Instagram because um, you had posted it like long after I had sent that to you. So I'd kind of forgotten about it. But yeah, I think I know who it is. <laughs> yeah. So good. I love it. And also like if you're listening and you teach French immersion, you know, it is a small world. So yes. yeah, I think that's, that's where it came from. So it was so fun. So how about we get started? Let um, maybe you could let us know um, who you are and what you teach. Where do you teach? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, fun, awesome. So I'm Steph. I teach grade five, six French immersion in Waterloo, Ontario. Um, this is my fourth, no, fifth year teaching grade five, six. Um, but my ninth year teaching feels like time has flown so mm-hmm. like so fast. Um, yeah, so this year the French immersion program changed. So there's been lots of big changes for me this year, which has been exciting, but also overwhelming. Um, yeah, I recently got married. Um, yeah, so that was exciting. And then more big news I'm expecting my first child. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Yeah. I didn't even know this. She didn't tell me before we started recording. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so lots of, lots of big changes now. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Fantastic. When are you due? April 26th. 
Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. Yeah. That's so my teacher mind is like, I don't have to write report cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Just, so yeah, no, very just coast on out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh my goodness. I'm thrilled for you. That's super exciting. Thank Fantastic. you. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Um, so you've just gotten married. You're expecting your first baby, as far as I know. Yes, yes. <laughs> first baby. Um, so how about we kind of go back a little bit and maybe you can let um the listeners know where you were before you joined intentional teaching. So, like what was what was teaching life like for you? What kind of inspired you to join the program? Yeah. So it was actually preparing for my wedding that made me like really jump in, which seemed counter kind of counterintuitive because I'd been at school. Like I was one of those teachers that like came super early. I was here at 7am. I wouldn't leave till 7pm. And then I'd get home and I would just be absolutely exhausted. I have no time for anything else. And then, um, yeah, I met my husband and, you know, we're going on these awesome dates, but then I'm not, I think feeling like I'm letting my students down because I don't have enough time for them. Um, and then I'm planning this wedding. I'm like, I have no time. Something needs to give here. And then, like I said, it felt, felt, felt a little counterintuitive, like, okay, let's join this course and add more to my plate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a huge lifesaver because it, it really taught me how to just plan better. Um, and just use my time way more efficiently. And I don't take anything home anymore, which is fantastic. I was able to plan what I think was the most perfect wedding for us. Um, And so, yeah, it was really my wedding that made me go, okay, I need to change something here. And obviously my husband, (laughs) I need to have family time and I need to, you know, be with him. Um, And so, yeah, that was the big reason why I joined. And like I said, I'm so, so, so happy that I did because I was feeling so overwhelmed and school was just taking over my life. Mm -hmm. And I love teaching and I still do, but I also love my family and and they come first. And I like on your Instagram, you talk about that too, about your mom and, you know, you're replaceable at work. You're not at home. And so, um, yeah, that, that really resonated with me and. So yeah, I needed a change and and you did that for me. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. And um, if you're listening and you don't know what we're referring to, my mom was a teacher too. And when she was 42, she had a heart attack. Um, and she said she remembers very vividly. First, she had she was in complete denial that it was even like anything dangerous. And she was like doing her makeup. And the guy on 911 was like, no, you need to go to the hospital. She's like, I'm fine. It'll be okay. And like they took her to the hospital and she realized years later that it was actually very dangerous. Like when you, if you have a heart attack in your early forties, like it can be like fatal. And she didn't know that at the time. So that's why he really wanted her to go to the hospital. But she says she remembers sitting there and like telling the district that she wasn't going to be in and they found her a replacement so fast, but she could see that she wasn't replaceable for us. Um, when I, cause I was 12 at the time. So that's like something that's really hit home for me and that I like to share um, for teachers because I know it can feel like, I don't know about you, Steph, but I know it can feel like I'm not doing enough for my students and I feel guilty that I'm not doing enough. And that can really help you feel like it's okay. I can make sure to take care of my kids because like myself, because I'll still be there for my students, but I need to make sure that I take care of me and my family too. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, it's been a game changer for like my life at home. 
Um, and like I said, I'm expecting in a little one and I don't want to be, you know, at school and not like, and miss their life. Like I, I can't be at school from seven to seven every day and expect to still raise a family. And, um, so yeah, I knew I needed a change. And, and like I said, your, your post really resonated with me. Like you've got to do something here. Totally. And I'm so glad that you did it before. Like, it's wonderful, really, when you think about that, the wedding was the thing that was the impetus for you, because I didn't realize that I needed to change the way I was teaching until after I had kids. And so I learned very much the hard way. Um, So I love that you've already started to look into that now so that you have habits and strategies and systems in place for when you have kids rather than learning the hard way like I did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. I have a student teacher right now and she has two kids at home and she'll come to school and she'll be like, I'm so sorry I didn't get this done. I'm like, hey, that doesn't need to be done till Friday. It's all good. Like I said, your your family comes first. You do what you got to do at home. Mm -hmm. Um, We make it work here. So Totally. <laughs> yeah. And any teacher listening knows that kids are very unpredictable and it's hard to know what you're going to be able to manage. Yes. Um, so yeah, good to have good to have strategies. So actually, why don't we think about now that we've kind of talked a little bit about I love that you were able to plan your wedding and which is so exciting and so fun. Um, what do you think are some of the strategies that you use that really helped you to be able to make time for things like that, to spend time with your husband, to plan your wedding and not work seven to seven anymore? Um, So there's two main things that I think that I really took away and that I use almost every day. Uh, And no, I do use every day is um, the intentional 10. So when I come to school, I have, I give myself, you know, 10, 15 minutes to plan out my day. And so I I always, I call it planning my planning time. Mm -hmm. Before, you know, I, I'd come in and I go, okay, I see I have emails. I see I have this to do. Oh, I have this also to do. And then my to-do list was like, you know, 20 things long. And then I was overwhelmed. And then you don't know which one to pick. And then by the time you end up picking, classes started. So you didn't get anything done. And so again, you just feel like overwhelmed. And then by the end of the day, you've added another 10 things that you need to do, but you don't have any more time to do it. So in the morning, I know the first 10 minutes I'm checking emails. And that's the only time I give myself to check my emails. Um, If I get to it at other points of the day, that's a bonus. But morning is the only time I check my emails now. Um, And then I plan my planning. So, okay, these are my four things that need to be done today. And here's when I can do them. So, and oftentimes now, because I'm able to prioritize, you had like a little quadrant of like what's essential what's not essential what's a what needs to happen now and so yeah I'm just kind of prioritize I'm much better at prioritizing what needs to get done mm-hmm. um so yeah planning my planning time and then we talked a lot about batching our work so even things like photocopying I try and put all my photocopying to one day of the week sometimes that doesn't work because you you didn't plan properly or whatever and, and it happens but I don't know about your schools or whatever, but photocopying takes a lot of time. And so if you can do it all at once, it saves a lot of time. Um, and then same with marking. I have a double planning on my one day and it's on a nutrition break. So I only do my marking once a week. And that day four is dedicated to marking. Um, and so, yeah, just batching my work has been super, super helpful. Um, and then the other thing that 
was like a game changer was the AC effort that we talked about. Um, and I didn't like it, the wording at first. I'm like, there's no way I can give C level effort to anything. I am a perfectionist. It needs to be perfect in order for me to do it. Um, but realistically, I'm sure all teachers feel this way. You can't be. And I mean, we teach our kids this. We can't be perfect. Um, so why do why do we not have the same expectations for ourselves? And so, yeah, you know, I I have it in my plan. There's two periods a day where I give what I call my C-level effort. Um, it's my daily five periods with both of my classes. And I, I'm still putting effort into it, obviously. I'm still passing. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm not, you know, giving all of the great feedback that I could be giving. I'm not pulling kids aside to, um, again, give all this like wonderful feedback. This is my time to go, okay, let's regroup. Let's figure out what we're doing. Um, and the kids have the routine. They know what they're doing. So they actually don't need my help now because I've set up this routine. Um and like I said, I'm giving C-level effort and they're learning something. So it's a win-win at this point. Um, so yeah, those are the two like biggest things that I've been able to implement. And I implement them every day. And they've been absolute game changers. So good. Oh my gosh. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing those. And I think I love the way that you explain them. You're so clearly a teacher. Like you said it so succinctly, but people like if you're listening, you could totally try those like tomorrow. So that was awesome. Um, I love that you said the AC effort at first was like, I get a lot of pushback on that because most teachers are like, there is no way. But it's like, it's like, mo I don't know, for teachers who like to have a really high standard, it's like anything less than an A level is a fail. Yes, <laughs> you know absolutely. what I mean? It's like C level is basically failing. I'm not doing that. I'm like, no, you're still passing. Yes, exactly. You're not, not giving it to everything. So I love that you have like that strategy because the thing too that I think about the C level is sometimes people think, oh, it's just me doing it poorly. And it's not necessarily that. It's what you've done is creating a routine. So you you've put less energy into it, but you're still doing a good job. You've created a routine that works. The kids know they're still learning, but you're not putting a lot of creative energy in it every day so that you reserve that energy for the things that are more important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> you said it very, very like much better than I did, but that's exactly what I wanted to <laughs> Had say. a lot of practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to circle back to, well, two things about that. The first is the idea of perfectionism because I can totally relate to that. I wanted everything to be really, really, like really, really well done. And I think if you're listening, a lot of teachers that follow me were A-level students when they were in school. Um, but the thing that I would love for you to kind of think about if you're listening is that we think it needs to be perfect, but I would actually argue that perfection really is an illusion because it's it's something that we like we're always striving towards, but everyone's going to have their own interpretation of what perfect actually looks like. And when do you know you've actually hit it? Like, is it that everything is perfect when, you know, your worksheet that you've created is beautifully lined up and everything, the fonts are all perfect and like the headers are there? Or is it that there's more images or is it that it's more engaging? Like perfection really is, it's an illusion and it's also very arbitrary because we often are chasing this thing that we don't 
we haven't really identified when we've actually hit it. So I love that now that you're thinking about it, it's like, I am still doing a good job with my C level, but now I can put more creative energy into instead of trying to make everything look perfect. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And I wanted to mention this too. So I have a student teacher right now and I, I went to the same university as her. And so she has this template lesson plan template that she has to fill out for every lesson that she's doing. And honestly, it kind of gave me a bit of like (laughs) trauma of thinking Mm -hmm. about city because, and I think those lesson plans caused me a lot of anxiety to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And so these lesson plans are three pages long for a lesson that's 30 minutes long. And like tomorrow she's doing a read aloud with my class and her lesson plan is three pages long, full of all the expectations that she's supposed to cover. All of her expectations have to cover, or sorry, all of her lessons have to cover like indigenous studies, cross-curricular for all subjects. And I keep trying to tell her like that is just not attainable. Um, And it's really awesome to have that as a goal to include as much as you can. Um, but don't put pressure on yourself that you didn't include a land acknowledgement for this particular lesson. It's okay to include it in our music lesson, which is period three and four um, and things like that. And so it, I'm really starting to think about where this anxiety and perfectionism came from. Um, and I, I think, unfortunately, this university in particular, but I think university in general has done such a disservice to teachers in that regard. Um, because yeah, I think we just feel like we need to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And if not, like you said, we failed. And yeah, that that's not a that's not a good mentality to be in. Totally. And I think it's good to think about like what like looking at it in the big picture. First off, like if you're trying to include a number of different things in your teaching, it's not about including absolutely everything in every lesson. It's like looking at it on this, like the scope. Like I think about it, if you have kids, sometimes we're stressed about our kids eating enough vegetables, right? But if you speak to a dietitian, she'll say, or they'll say, you need to think about it in the greats, like in the overarching of like of the day, did they have some earlier on in the day where they're like, or are they not having it? It's not about having it at every single meal per se. And I think there's something about that here as well. And that's the other thing I think about teachers college, because I've heard that a number of times in basic in, um, in teachers experience with, with when they became a teacher is to remember why we actually want to do that in the first place. And it's about showing your professors that you can indeed backwards design and create a lesson plan. But we don't need to take that into our teaching with us because no one else is watching it. But a lot of teachers still teach plan that way and it's just not sustainable. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. And 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 I totally get that. Like she needs to show and demonstrate her learning just like we ask our students to do for us. Sometimes we ask them to do a little bit extra. Um but yeah, I think I, I'm I'm hopeful that she and and teachers who are listening know that we don't need to be perfect as long as you know kids are getting something out of your lesson. You're doing a good job. Yeah, I love that, and spe- and noticing like that you are doing a good job rather than like noticing all the things that you didn't necessarily do in your lesson. Yes, exactly. Yeah. One thing I wanted to circle back to for folks listening is you use the word batching. So we're getting into the more practical sides of things again. Um, and I know a lot of teachers don't actually know what batching is. <laughs> so what, in your words, what would you, how, what do you think of when you think of batching? 
I would just say like grouping ta- like similar tasks together um, and doing them. Yeah. Together. That's how I would. Mm-hmm. Phrase it. You had a much better slideshow for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, totally. So like Steph said, with the photocopies, if you are going to the photocopy room multiple times a week or multiple times a day, especially if you teach in a bigger school, like when I was teaching in high school, like it was a hall to get to the photocopy room. Um, maybe not when I was in elementary school, but high school, it was like down the floor, upstairs, down the hall, like it took a long time to get there. So if you're going there multiple times a day or a week, and then you're sitting there waiting for your turn, and then you're photocopying and then coming downstairs, that's a lot of time that could be um, that you could cut down on if you've got all your photocopying done together. So it's doing light tasks together to save time. So you're not code switching, which means you're not going from task to task to task. And it's also just saving physical time like in the building as well. One caveat that I would say, though, if you are listening, is getting to the point where you can batch your photocopies. It's okay if you can't do it right away. It does take, it does, there's a lot that goes into being able to batch your photocopies. <laughs> yes, you have you have to plan it. and sometimes we're not good planners and you got to be flexible in the teaching world sometimes, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, I'd love to hear if you are, cause you're teaching grade five, six. I always love to be able to, when I remember <laughs> to be honest, share um, a teaching tip or idea or activity that's really working really well for you in your classroom right now. So I'd love to know if there's anything that you've been doing recently with your students, your five sixes, and um, that's been working well that you would you could share with us to inspire other teachers. Yeah, sure. So my favorite thing to do is so I have a morning class and then an afternoon class. So our French immersion program is split in half days. Um, so when my morning class comes in, I always play a song in the morning. It obviously has to be in French. I get a lot of my songs from the Mani Musicale um, mm-hmm. project, um, which has some awesome songs if you've never heard of it, and some great um, lessons on Facebook if you don't. If you haven't heard of that, please check it out. Um, Anyways, every morning, the kids, I play the song and the kids know that they have the whole song to get all of their things ready for the day. Um, And they're, you know, watching French music or listening to French music. So it kind of touches on quite a few aspects of the curriculum. And it's a great way to just, you know, pump kids up in the morning. Um, And then I actually do that with my afternoon class, but at the end of the day. So when I put the French song on, they know that that's their cue to clean up. They have their whole, the whole song to clean up all of their things um, before, before we say goodbye at the end of the day. So it's been a really fun way to include culture um, and music because um, I'm also teaching music this year in French, which has been really cool. <laughs> um, I'm not a music person, but it's been fun to learn. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's like one of the highlights of my of my day. Cause even at the end of the day, you'll hear some of the kids in the hallway singing French. And <laughs> so it's, it's fun to see. And I get a lot of emails from parents too, like, Hey, we really like this song. Can you send us like any kind of things that we can do at home or where'd you find it? We can only find it on YouTube. And so, yeah, that's been pretty cool. Oh, I love that. Cause I have done a song of the week for a long time, but I don't think I ever thought to pair it with like, this is the beginning and ending of your preparation or cleaning up time because a lot of kids really have no concept of time and I find you are on a timeline but they're like la 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 la, like in their own little world unless it's like recess (laughs) they want to get out so fast 
So I really like that because then it gives them full ownership of like, this is how much time you have. You can tell when the song's winding down rather than you like harping on them to like, get your things out. Come on, clean up your blah, blah, blah. Right. I really love that. Um, because it gives them a lot more ownership too. Oh, totally. And sometimes they'll like, they'll rush through, especially at the end of the day, because they're excited to go home, but they'll be rushing through to get all of their things ready so that they can, I have a carpet in my room. Um, so they can come to the carpet and dance to the end of the song. So they want to make sure that everything is done. And so again, it puts the ownership on them. They're doing the work that I'm expecting them to do and they're enjoying the song. So it's pretty That cool. is so cute. And when you can get them to do something fun at the end of their chores, like yeah. that's such a nice built-in thing. It's really it's chores, like clean up when they don't want to. Yeah. Um, that's such a fun one. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. Oh, I love that story. Um, so is there anything before we close out this episode, anything that you would add or any encouragement that you'd offer um, a teacher listening to call this episode complete? Um, I think I would just like to circle back that it's okay that you're not perfect. You're doing an awesome job. Um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. I love that. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. It's so great to have you, Steph. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. 